What's going on, everyone? Uh, welcome to another episode of Writing Friction. And as always, my guest today is pretty cool. Everyone say hello to Christine Scott. How are you doing, Christine? I'm doing very well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before we talked, you said you are in Maine, right? Yes. Yeah, well, h- how is life over there? It's it's wonderful. I feel very lucky to be here. We came on the 1st of April uh-huh. from New York and, um, uh, and, and have decided to stay. We have an old house here in a town called Blue Hill, and um, it's... Uh, you know, you can get outside, and it's not as um, it's, it's just easier. <laughs> oh, most definitely. Um, yeah, I was talking to I don't know if you know Eowyn Ivy. Um, she was she's an author, and she lives in Alaska. And I feel like we spent half the episode talking about how just like the view from her window was enough to motivate her every day. I mean, she was talking about you know deer walking up to her, you know, to her window uh-huh. and things like that. Do you find inspiration living in Maine? Are you writing right now? Are you doing anything? Um, I, I have been, and, uh, until my, my granddaughter came, she's nine and she, she lives in Los Angeles and okay. she's been here for five weeks. Um, and she'll, she's going to go, uh, to, to another place, uh, next week, but, um, we've been Zoom learning and, um. So I haven't had quite the time to do what I was to go back to the work I'm working on. Uh-huh. So did that, did that kind of throw you off from like your routine? Do you typically have a routine that you kind of work with? Yeah, yeah it did throw me off and has thrown me off some. Um, I'm used to uh, working in the morning and um, working in the afternoon mm-hmm. and whenever there's, you know, but certainly in the morning. And I'm, we're not doing that. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but, um, but as far as living here and being inspired, I mean, the, the lovely thing about it is that the, we have wonderful light, mm. uh, sunshine, the sunshine is just, it's quite, it, it lifts your spirit. Whereas our apartment in New York is dark. <laughs> No. Uh, shocker. Um, yeah, yeah, no, most definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, a city writer compared to, you know, a country living writer, sometimes mm-hmm. it affects their work. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, I'd imagine Cormac McCarthy wouldn't have written the books he wrote if he was living, mm-hmm. you know, in downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you, do you find inspiration? I mean, were you ever looking for inspiration? Are you a New Yorker through and through? Did you spend your whole life there? No, no, no. I'm from the Midwest uh-huh. originally. Yeah, okay. I came to New York in the uh, mid-1970s, and I've been there ever since. So. Okay. Yes. I, I, I like New York very, very, very much, and have been very happy there and, and have no intention, have had no intention of retiring to Maine. Mm-hmm. Just, um, but now it's, um, it's, I, it's, um. Well, I, I I feel guilty leaving the city. It's, yeah, I, 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 I don't guilty and all, but I, it's it's too much of a heartbreak. It's crazy uh, right now. It's crazy. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure there's a lot of material there to write about, especially if you were living there at the moment. 
Um, I, can, I, can, I can only imagine the manuscripts all the literary agents are going to be getting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought about that. Right? Yeah. You know, um, like yeah. waking up one morning and just writing your quarantine novella. Um, I, yeah. I certainly thought about it. But the vibe in San Francisco is much different than uh, in New York City. Um, well, yeah, you know, I mean, you're talking about waking up and having uplifting spirits from, you know, the sun shining and, you know, breathing in the yeah. air. Um, you know, that's kind of the California thing. And, and again, like I was saying a little earlier, it feels like some authors really, where they live really, really dictates the pace of what they're writing. Um ah. I mean, when you were writing, you know, I'm, I'm going through, you know, the things you've worked on. It seems, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of go back and forth between short stories and novels. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever find, again, speaking of the idea of being motivated or being inspired by where you are, are you ever inspired specifically to start writing short stories or work on a book? Are you working on things, multiple things all the time? Or do you kind of just pick apart things specifically to work on? Uh, no, I work on, um, I'm working on a novel, uh-huh. and when that's me, then I go to short stories. Mm-hmm. So I usually have two things going at once, and um, I almost invariably finish the stories first, mm-hmm. but the novel is what people like, so, yeah, but that's hard. Anyway, I keep two things going, so oh, wait. That's, I'm, I'm never out of things, yeah. And you're it's able horrible. to... Ca- are you able to kind of go back and forth between those universes pretty easily? Like you're never kind of losing where you are. Um, I, w- I it's certainly easy to leave something that's not working mm-hmm. and to enter into something you enjoyed once before. It's is different, and you may find something else in there to work with. But at least you you feel as if you're typing, <laughs> or uh, not typing a lot necessarily, but. Mm-hmm working well are you of the idea well you're saying typing do you have do you ever have a typing goal are you the kind of person that you need to write no 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 i don't mean that no i mean just so that your fingers are moving it's a horrible thing just to look at a screen i mean yeah Yeah. (laughs) that (laughs) not not much fun did you always want to write novels did you start writing short stories and kind of make that leap it seems a lot of authors i'm talking to kind of do that um, yeah. Did you have a sit- yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they do. I, I mean, I set out trying to write a story, which is terrifically hard mm-hmm. to do myself, and certainly never even uh, I never thought about it. Then you're working on you're not or uh, if it isn't. So I um. Uh, I sort of backed my way into writing a novel. You back your way into it? <laughs> a collection of stories, and then I just sort of thought, well, I really should do this because everybody says you should do this and you should have a novel. So I did, but it, it a lot of people who look at it don't necessarily think it's a novel. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, two things at the same time. I wanted to say, though, when you were talking about being inspired by place, and the wonderful thing about being in New York, wonderful and also terrible, is this, uh, you always have this sense that uh, somebody's always working on a book somewhere in the city. (laughs) No? You're sure of that. And they're waking. So that really keeps a person going. And, And I... Loved that and thrived on that, and um, 
Um, and, and I have also felt uh, um, done in by it. But, but it's certainly, for, for the most part, it keeps a writer writing. Whereas when you're in the country, uh, there's so much to persuade you outside. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you think, ah, oh, I need this. This will do it. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily do it. Um, uh, you can get too relaxed. Do you think, so. I mean, are you talking, and if I'm using the wrong word, let me know. Are you talking about competition in your mind when you say there's always... Oh, no. No. Well, no, just do it. Just to do Most it. Most definitely. You know? Yeah, exactly. You have um, to do it, mm-hmm. too. You know, not competition particularly. Yeah. I don't think so-and-so is writing a book right now, and I have to do that because <laughs> he's written too many. Now it's just, how do you keep your... I think everybody who... Um, writes knows this that the, the the most difficult thing is how do you stay interested mm-hmm. and and how do you keep yourself going there and and in as much as as place can uh, affect your process i think new york affects it by by it, uh being alive all the time 24 7 Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I went to school in New York. Um, uh-huh. uh, you know, I was from Queens. Uh, I grew up in Bergen County. Um, you know, I never lived in Manhattan, but you know, we would drink at the bars in New York. I mean, all the you know, I spent a lot, a lot of time in New York City. Um, yeah. And again, you know, in those. Anyone in entertainment, always if they're from New York, it always seems to be their shtick. Like they're a New York, right? If it's a comedian, they're they're a New York comic. If you know, if they're a musician, they're a New York band. Um, do yeah. you think writers kind of suffer the same thing? Do you think writers? Can you think of any writers in your past, maybe that you knew who were kind of just a New York kind of writer, and maybe never were able to get out of that? Get out of New York, you mean? Well, get out of maybe writing about New York, uh, being associated with New York, because it's the only city really that kind of will take over people's own identities. Yes. Uh, um, well, I certainly know there are people who do write almost exclusively about New York yeah. and city life and so forth, but um, uh, uh, <laughs> For myself, I wanted to live in New York uh, uh, because I thought I, um, I'd never be ashamed of living in New York. Never, no way. So, and I would have power. Mm-hmm. I would feel powerful, even though I'm not powerful and I don't feel powerful. Yeah, like saying I lived in New York, people usually are are. Um, not intimidated, but they just you you set yourself apart and you're safe. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you say where you're really from, in my case it was <laughs> Milwaukee. That is not that doesn't pack much of a wallop. Not um, much. No. 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 Um, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, that's why I ask. It's such a specific question to ask. And again, New York is so dominant a present in so many things, but with authors, yeah, I, I, there are certainly some authors who just, they kind of just write about where they live. They do it very mm-hmm. well, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but it's a thing. It's again, in my mind, I, I use the word shtick. I don't know if that's the correct word to really use, but in my mind, it ends up being a shtick. Um, you know, it, I feel like I talk about Philip Roth on every single episode of this podcast, but like, you know, he, he wrote about New York 
because he was a New York guy. He wrote about Jersey. He wrote, you know, Saul Bellow wrote about Chicago. Um, Uh There are some authors who are really dialed into their cities. So for you, having lived in New York for so long, it's interesting to hear you kind of talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And how it just dict- it dictates everything in your life. If you live there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so a, a couple of other things, kind of, again, just kind of going through, you know, we were, we never met, yep. so we're just talking on the phone. Um, mm. but you have obviously a couple of pretty cool accomplishments. Um, two of being which you become finalist for the national book award and for the Pulitzer prize. Uh, congratulations. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, I was talking to Rebecca McKay and she, ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or do you know Rebecca? <laughs> I do. Oh, great. Yeah. She's amazing. She was so nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, we were talking, both of our dogs were on our, were on our laps while we were podcasting. Um, <laughs> but she, she, her book, uh, the great believers was a finalist for the yeah. Pulitzer. And she said it was literally, she got a phone call one day. <laughs> they were like, it's a finalist. Uh, come on through. I mean, did you have the same experience? Obviously, it transformed her life. Um, yeah. Could you talk more about that? Uh, yes, I can. I was teaching a class in creative writing at Columbia. Mm-hmm. And um, I had forgotten to turn my phone off. <laughs> and my phone rang in the middle of the class. And um, I looked at it, and it was um, it was from my friend Diane Williams, who is herself a very fine writer. Uh-huh. And he said, "You, you, you, you do, have you known this? Did you hear this? You've just won. A, you're a finalist for the Pulitzer." <laughs> I didn't under. I really didn't understand what she was saying exactly uh-huh. because I, I didn't think there were finalists. Uh huh. Okay. So that's what I said to her. I said, oh, no, no, no. You got that wrong. There aren't finalists for this. And um, and then I gave it to a student, and I said, tell this to somebody so I can think about it later. And she did. And everybody there at the table seemed to think it was it was quite possible. So, and and besides, right, the the, the committee and everywhere is somewhere on, in, on the campus. Yeah, yes? exactly. Yeah, so I felt close to the the powers, but that's so crazy. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. It, that was crazy. And is um, it is it the kind of thing that I mean? Does your life get transformed overnight? As kind of thing. I mean, ha, what what ha, what happens? No, as a finalist, uh, sir, uh, no, I I wouldn't say. Uh, it's it, no, no, no. I mean. Books don't fly off the shelf. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. It depends if you if you have a, a, a better known name, and, and I certainly don't have that. Um, you might see more sales, but <laughs> I, 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 it's just it's just it's such an interesting thing, you know. <laughs> as as a reader first, you know, I'm a writer, but I, I'm a, I'm a reader yes. first, and uh. it's you know when you go into a bookstore. And you see that shiny little silver yeah. gold, exactly. And right there, you know, automatically it's going to catch people's eye. People are going to take it. You know, it's better than any blurb that Stephen King could write you. You know, it's all those things. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's what you say. It's not flying off the shelves. I guess that makes sense. And at the same time, though, it's you're in a class above all else. Um, you know, it's like, I don't know if you golf, you probably 
don't golf. Uh, but in golf, <laughs> in golf, there's one big, really big tournament. It's called the Masters. And when you win, and when you win the Masters, you, you know you're part of that club. Um, so it's like you know to talk about it. It's very interesting. Rebecca had a very humbling way of speaking about it too. Um, mm-hmm. You know she you know she complained about a couple of luncheons she had to attend. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But but other than that, yeah, it was the same kind of story. You know, she was, I think she might have been still, no, she wasn't teaching at that point, um, I believe. Uh, That's cool that you know her, though. Um, She was pretty stoked on talking about it. I figured maybe, you know, I don't know. Uh You know, and you also, but you also were a finalist for the National Book Award, too. Uh, Same experience, kind of just not a big deal. that was a much bigger deal. Ooh, okay, let's yeah, give us some uh, give us some, uh, some that was juice. Much much bigger deal. Yeah, uh, you're talking about the sticker thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I wanted too. <laughs> I really really wanted to get a sticker, but I um I was writing a book and my agent wasn't able to uh, you know had sent it to a lot of houses and, uh. and it wasn't. Uh, Anyway, they they didn't think it was a novel, or it was it was too strange, or something. She couldn't sell it, and so she said, "I I, I don't know small presses, so uh, it, it's now I'm giving it to you more or less to mm-hmm. see what you can do with your book, and I think you should write it another." Oh wow! So um, so I I was working on a collection of stories, and I was very close to finishing that, so I went back to that, and but the, every time the novel had been rejected, I have to say, uh, I, I, I looked at it, and I read it again, and I thought, I, I, I like this book. Um, I mean, I really, I like it, and so, but then I had a call from the blue, uh, out of the blue, rather, from um, a new acquisitions editor at Tri-Quarterly Press, that's, um, uh, in Chicago, University, Northwestern University. Okay. And, and she was looking for fiction, and she asked me if I had anything. And I said, I do. <laughs> uh, she, she'd seen a story of mine somewhere, and that's why she, you know, had made the effort to call. Uh-huh. Uh, and and um, I, uh, anyway, I told her, I don't know, I, I have two books, really. At that point, I thought this was, I'd probably never publish again. If I could get this published, uh, and and maybe the collection of stories, and she said we don't usually take two books, but <laughs> send both manuscripts, and I did, and they did take it, and then when they were, uh, I, I asked them if they would please submit uh, Florida. That's the title of the novel. If they would please submit it to the um, National Book Award. As a as a possible book, so you and you asked to have that submit. That, so, so it's the opposite. It's the opposite of a Pulitzer, where you have no interest. In, you had no idea. Got it. You have no, no, no. But I mean, it, and other writers actually. You know, if you don't know that you can, you can make that request. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> of book. Um, if, if you don't know that, or if you don't make that, or anyway, they responded to it. Thank God. And yeah. When that happened. It it was it was like well my agent called me for the first time and <laughs> then she said um, uh, this is a life changer uh-huh. so and it was it really was I mean uh, we got a bidding war for for the paperback and 
um, uh, and there was a lot of press. There was a lot of, I mean, I was lucky in the, the year it happened because there was so much controversy over the prize because all of the um, uh, finalists were, with the exception of one, Sarah Bynum, um, all of us were over 40 hmm. and in New York. And there nobody is. has more than two thousand books. Huh. <laughs> so it 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 was, but it was also very 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 humbling, too. But humbling by me, and not humbling, shaming, humiliating. Mm. It was it was that because uh, I, you know, we were treated roughly. Um, I remember the New York Times had said, you know, the, the National Book Award is a, is a, is for people. If you are only going to read, you know, one see one movie, it's like the Academy Awards. If you're going to only see one movie a year, this is the one you should see. Mm. And 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 they were looking at our books, and um, at the time. And they didn't, you know. Not, I mean, Philip Roth was had written a book, and I'm sure a lot of people expected he would be a finalist. So it 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 was that. I mean, it was it was shaming. Um, but it, then I also realized there's no bad press. Never bad press just keeps the thing alive. Exactly. And um, and I was I was very happy about that. Yeah, that was a... Other things that happened to me, you know, that I really thought would be life changers. Um, when my first book came out, Nightwork Stories, mm-hmm. I no reviews. I, I, think, I, I think I may have had two reviews or something. Um, and then all of a sudden in the Times Literary Supplement, somebody had called me on this. And this one I thought was going to be a life changer was that John Ashbery had selected it for one of the best books in the time literary supplement of the year mazel congrats yeah and he wrote it i mean it was really a stunning little bit about the about the book yeah. and the language everything and i thought oh god this is my you know when <laughs> person wrote to whitman that's what it is and, you know i i really did i have to tell you it's it's, it's the horrifyingly conceited but i did <laughs> it's totally i mean you kind of have to be if you're going to be a writer right uh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean yeah. do you well well i well two questions um the first question is when you said you were your agents telling you they can't sell Florida, your agents mm-hmm. like now it's your responsibility and you're reading yeah. it back and you're telling yourself that you think this is a really good book. Um, I mean, you know, I talk about that so much about, you know, try doubt, you know, trying to get over your doubt, trying to follow your gut. And I mean, you're talking, you're talking, I mean, you could have easily have just dumped that book and forgotten about it. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, yes. many, many times. Exactly. Objections uh-huh. a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it, I, I, I talk about it a lot in the podcast about obviously <laughs> rejection um, and how it's just not only is a part of the game, but at times it can be a good thing. Right. You know, yeah. who, you know, if, if, if some, if that original publisher had taken the book, yada, 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 you know, these things might've probably would not have happened maybe. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's, it's really just, it's 
pretty awesome to hear you say that actually that you know you thought you had something good and you had to trust yourself and you did and it paid off um so that's really that's really awesome uh yeah. and yeah and the other part um was can you talk about you said when your first book got published can, i mean I, I, I won't ask your age i won't ask when it was and no worries um but what what was that like that do you remember that time of like getting that first book out there working on that first book i mean can you go back to that time it was thrilling it mm -hmm. was a experience it really was um you you um i was just very happy and 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 i uh it was uh, a student of mine, a former student of mine, it turned out, had been um, at the, this book, this first book came out with Knopf, and um, it, anyway, she did the cover and surprised me, and the cover was perfect, so I was I was over the moon with the book. The, Knopf makes very, very beautiful books. Um, they, they don't necessarily follow them up, but they do <laughs> make beautiful books, uh -huh. you know? um, and... Um, yeah, so I was very excited, and then it came out, and your friends come, and um, I, I again, I, I think many more, uh, most writers are familiar with this. Your first book comes out, and then there's this quiet that follows. Oh yeah, <laughs> for a while, and that, and you realize how short a shelf life a book has, mm -hmm. and um, how. Well, anyway, that part was was very. It was humbling, but it didn't. St I was still writing. I mean, I I I kept on writing, even when that was silence. You know, mm -hmm. so um um uh, but I, yes, I, I had greater expectations of 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 response. I, of, um anyway, and that didn't happen. So. Um, so you, so you, so you go on and, and, and do it again. Mm -hmm. uh, when you, when you finished that first manuscript, was it the kind yeah. I mean, were you, did you already have an agent you were working with? Were you kind of soliciting like unsolicited manuscripts? Um, were you, were you teaching at that time when you were writing? No. I was teaching at that time, but I was very lucky. I, um, I, I worked with somebody who's, um, uh, Gordon Lish, mm -hmm. uh, and, um, so I, I, and I didn't have an agent, um, and he, as he liked the stories and, and I was publishing most of the stories in the, a magazine that he put out through Knopf called The Quarterly. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So then, and they we put a book together. He was fired, sadly enough, before the book was really very far down the line. But so I had enough. Of but he liked the work and really was hands off. So that was great. And you said it started as a collection in the magazine that he was publishing, and then they were just like, "Let's just do a book with it." Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I had enough, and and that was, yeah, that was. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. I was not young. I I was. I think I was forty seven. Really? Yeah, I was old. Well, no, you're uh, not. Uh, well, but you know, that's the other thing. If you I, you reach a certain age, when you say, you know, 
I'm going to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'd yeah. rather do it fail than not do it yeah with, yeah with writing you know it's you know when if we're comparing like forms of entertainment it's hard to pick up a guitar at 45 and say yeah. you want to be a rock and roll star right uh right. <laughs> it's kind of tough to do that but with writing yeah. or with painting you know again i never got it, it's an age is a, a hang up to me you know i'm 33 and I, I my first book was published three weeks before the world shut down and um to me, you know, I, I get stuck up in that idea of like, you know, you know, I'm, I, I look at my at people my age and all they've accomplished and, you know, it's a waste of time. Um, yeah. But it's interesting, yeah. you know, with writing, you know, again, anyone who's listening to this, it, it you know, you could be 97 years old and start to write. <laughs> Well, you, you, you might, and, and, but most people I know who, who do end up publishing later than they thought they would, uh-huh. uh, they have been, and I had been, of course, working on it Definitely. since my, you know, yeah. Since my, uh, forever. Yeah. So. yeah. So when you, I mean, when, when you were writing those short stories, though, was the again you had no you had no future plans to even make it a book, right? That wasn't something you were even thinking about. No, I, I had started to think about it oh, okay. as a real. And and uh, but it's it always it seems very much out of reach. Uh, but you keep on doing it, and mm-hmm. then you you pull together enough, and um, and then it comes out. And yeah, it was it. I was very happy <laughs> about it because you know I I think when you're writing, you do want to publish a book, of course. So yeah, um, I was. I, I've been joking around. Um, I've been writing short stories as well, and um, what Ooh. I'm doing is I've submitted three so far to the New Yorker. Uh, two have been two have been rejected. One I haven't heard back from yet, but it'll probably be rejected. But the joke is, I'm going to write enough of them by the end of it that they'll all be rejected, and I'll have enough for a book. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, it could work that way. Who knows? Um, again, it could. You know, you don't confine yourself to the just the sending to the New Yorker, though, do you? No, no. I mean, no. Um, yeah. No, no, no. It, it, the joke is, though, I mean, you know, you shoot for the stars, right? Um, my, yes. Yeah. My kind of thing is, you know, again, even with this podcast, you know, reaching out, I'm, you know, reaching out to people, you know, who... Again, you you hold a lot of accomplishments in your life, right? So it's uh, I understand you know what it is and how to communicate with people in the idea of why not try to speak to the best people, you know? Why not try to submit my things to the best things possible? Because like again, like exactly, it goes back to what we were saying earlier and what you were talking about with New York, the idea of someone's always writing a book. Um, so it's not necessarily a competition, but it's kind of a kick in the ass. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you, you need to get yourself going. You need to motivate yourself. You need to know that if this is something you want to do, you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. Um, You're you know, right. and again, I, 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 I'm a routine guy. I wake up, I do the same thing every day. I write at the same time, but that, that's just cause I'm a weirdo, but I, that, but that works for me. Um, but yeah. I, I think of it the same way. Um, it's, I, I own a, I own a dog walking business. Um, and that's how I pay my rent. Yeah. That's how I pay my rent in San Francisco. Um, and even with that business, I know, especially, you know, during these times, like if I yeah. slip, if I, you know, 
don't do what I need to do. There are other people who are doing the same thing as me. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it, it's a really interesting thing, but that's cool. Um, I mean, surely you find some kind of motivation in Maine, though. I mean, it's beautiful country. Oh yes, no, no, I do. I, mm-hmm. I, um, uh, I, I have a novel called Prosperous Friends, uh-huh. and that that book is is very much Maine saturated, okay. and I have stood that way too, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful place. Um, I've been just, up there a couple of times. I, I'm a big yeah. fan of the band Fish, so I've followed Fish around the country. Uh, I've I've seen them in Maine uh, a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind uh, of it. Um, I had actually had one last thing I wanted to talk to you about, and again, if, if uh, Wikipedia is wrong, tell me. Um, but you were involved uh, with the Guggenheim Fellowship, right? Yes. What uh? I mean, can you explain that to me at least? <laughs> What's that all about? I mean, um. Well, a Guggenheim is a. It's a good. It's a wonderful honor, mm-hmm. uh, and um, mm-hmm. it's a fellowship of thirty-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Um. Uh. And you're in good company. I'd imagine uh, so. Yeah. Yes, and I. I'm. You know. I, could use the money and and it's an honor yeah. and, and I I I thought I I by that when I first started applying I I I felt I had enough you apply for Go, it you apply for mm-hmm. it and you apply for it mm-hmm. and you apply for it you want to keep that in mind yeah it's, I mean it's a, a long uh, I mean it includes uh, you know, talking about your career and for a lot of us, it's not even a word I put with what I was doing, career. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so you have to think about those things. And I found every time I applied, and I applied several times, I I rewrote that section, certainly. Then you have to ask people you know mm-hmm. um, to, to write about it, to write about you, rather, and your work and why they think you're deserving. And... Um, I can't remember, and you show a writing sample, and also what you're what you're planning on doing, the work that you're seeking the money for. So it's and, it's for a motivated person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's for it's for people. But the, I guess what I want to say is I've. I, I know I have friends who won Guggenheims, and and some of them are they're remarkable, remarkable writers. But they had to apply well over ten times. Uh-huh. So, so it's that kind of a thing. I think you have to you, you persevere if you still think your work is worth that kind of monetary support. Uh, so you have to be dogged. Mm, I mean, th- yeah, and thankfully they don't have a submission limit. Um, <laughs> yeah, ten times—that's yeah. a lot. That's a that's a lot of submissions. Um, that's, mm-hmm. a, yeah, that's a that's a pretty dogged person. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, no, this has been awesome, Christine. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk Thank to us. Thank you. Yeah, no, most definitely. Okay. Um, what are uh, you could let people know now? Like, what are you working on right now? Are you uh, are you a social media person, or can people kind of what can they how can they connect with you? What are you doing? I'm not a social media person. I have a I have a website. I don't look at it every time a new book comes <laughs> out. I have some friend to make some kind of a yeah, website. Yeah. 
And and so I, I have to say I don't actively, you know, set it up or put down dates or anything like that. But I think it's still there. And I think it has uh, a way of, of c- contacting me. And I'm always happy to respond to anybody. Love it. So, okay. Yeah. And uh, one last question. Uh, you, have a fa- mm-hmm. you have a favorite bookstore in the country? Oh, well, I have two. Let's I have the it. corner Store. I have the corner bookstore that's um, uh, on Ninety Second Street in Madison. Okay. Um, I also have the Blue Hill bookstore, which is on Pleasant Street in Blue Hill. Love it. So- and it love it. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you. I right, have a great Thank day. You. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.